0: To the Retail Corner podcast. Today we're going to be talking with Ryan Moser. He's the Senior Director of Inventory Strategy and Pricing Science at ThreadUp. And if you guys are not familiar with ThreadUp, ThreadUp is actually a secondhand online retail uh, e commerce shop. Right. And, uh, and Brian, I'll, I'll let you speak a little bit more about it. Right. But obviously as a senior director of inventory strategy and pricing science uh, with up what, what does that entail? Right. What's the background? What's your day-to-day operations look like? Yeah. So I've been with up for, uh, for
1: 10 years. So I joined in 20, 2013 when it was just, just, just found like product market fit and was just starting to take off. And um, so, like, and, the fact that I've been here ten years is like relevant to the job. So I've worked in a number of roles. I started on the the uh, the off side of the business, and like now pricing is on the product side of the business. But you know, it's um, uh, but it's important that I've been here for a while because I've had a chance to see a broad, uh, uh, see the business broadly, and like this is a role that touches a lot of parts of uh, of uh, a part that touches a lot of parts of the uh business. So I tr- transitioned from the engineering side to the product side about the three years ago. Um. Um, and, um, you know, uh, um, and I was doing, on deep learning at the time, um, that I was on the engineering side. So, so I love opportunities in the, the, uh, pricing side. And that's the reason that I, uh, cut over to start, start working on pricing. Um, and as far as like what the job entails, so a lot of it is, uh, ha, uh, is a managed marketplace, right? So we've, we're managing supply on one side, like uh, suppliers sending us bags and then managing demand on the other side. So like core responsibility to the job is like balancing supply and demand. What products do we want to list? At what price do we want to list? How do we mark them down? And then um, when we're running sales, like which inventory do we include in the sales At like what level of a uh, discount? And then and then uh, that also ties into revenues. So you can imagine it touches a lot of teams like ops, Volume of listing, um, the FPNA, Like, uh, how do we forecast the coming quarter? Um, yeah, like uh, that is what the role entails.
0: Yeah, no, no, absolutely. And so, I'm, I'm sure. Obviously, you guys are using some of the data that you have in order to analyze and know what, what you need to replenish, right? On one hand, but when you're thinking of bringing new product, right, new product in, how, how do you make your analysis or, or how do you guys base it to know, hey, maybe we need more. Chino pants, you know, or maybe we need more tops or whatever the case might be. What goes into that? Yeah. So, one of the reasons the business, this business is so tricky is
1: because the bags come from people. So, instead of ordering, you know, you think if you're a retailer, you're ordering from a factory, these are just people sending us bags of clothing. So, we don't have direct control over what we list. So, we can't say, for example, like we need 10 more pairs of gap pants next week or a 1,000 more pairs or 10,000 more pairs. Um, so, like, a, a big trick to making this run, run smoothly or understanding supply, supply and demand is, like, how do we group the products? It's, like, we've listed, like, 170 million uh, SKUs since the time I I uh, joined. So, the question is, like, how do you make sense out of that stuff? Mm. And it's really, like, how, how to group those products. And it's grouping them in a way that makes sense to the, to the way customers actually shop, right? So, if you're thinking about, like, how do I avoid stockouts, how do I avoid getting way overstock. It's understanding how customers shop and trying to group what's coming in according to how people shop. And then you go up a level from there around people sending us bags. Like we we don't have to accept every single item people send us. So Mm -hmm. what do we accept? What do we want to list? And then balancing supply and demand. Do we want prices to go up? Do we want prices to go down? So we're constantly playing that that, uh, game.
0: And so, for for people listening to us here, uh, once if somebody wants to send, send their clothing, right, w- what does that process look like for them? So so that they're familiar, because I'm sure maybe a lot of g- people that are listening to us, they they're not aware of it, right? And sometimes people want to donate clothes, sometimes they want to sell it. But w- what's the process for you guys and for, for the for the people that are your suppliers, right? In essence, Yes,
1: yeah, so You 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 come onto ThreadUp's uh, ThreadUp site, and then you can order a label. So we will we will provide you a label that you can affix to a box so most people have a lot of boxes uh sitting around, laying around like, yeah. <laughs> yeah just laying around a lot of people have boxes uh we've, we've, we've also done bags uh you can also order a bag that we will send to you and then you um once you order that bag you send uh you take some time to fill out the bag or, or fill out a box uh, attach the label so shipping is paid and then you send the box to us and then ThreadUp does all the work of sorting out the, that clothing so you know we're scanning the label we associate it with your account and then and then we associate all the items in that box or that bag to you as we do all the work of uh sorting and adding all the data taking all the photos putting those items
0: away selling them yeah to the, to the correct consumer and, and when you're going through that selling process right two two things i guess like how do you define what's the right pricing Right, like what, what, what studies, what data do you look at in order to define what's the best pricing for the products that you're putting out there for your consumers?
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, Carlos, so that's a great question. And, and it's really tricky because the marketplace is like single skew. And like the name of the game here is comps. So like what similar items have you, have you seen? And the challenging part is making sense out of those comps. Mm-hmm. And you know, I mentioned like grouping products earlier. And for a lot of, you know, we're at a scale where a lot of the things that we are listing we have, seen, we have seen either an identical item before or a very similar item before. And in that case, it's pretty easy, but then there's a lot to compensate for. Like when we last saw it, was it in season? Was it out of season? Was it trending? Was it not trending? So you're, so you're playing this game of like, you're trying to use comps, the best comps you can find, but then how do you use other data? Or like how recent were those comps? Like which comps are more relevant? You know, like what are the most relevant comps um, in this case? And then it really starts to get tricky where, like, okay, I've got a black dress and black dresses are trendy, but it's from a brand I've never seen. Like, how do I make sense out of that? And that's where, you know, like, that's like where it starts to get really tricky where, like, you know, how do you, how do you, how do comps for that brand look? How do you make it, how do you combine that with comps for, let's say, black dresses to find the right price for that? Uh, Absolutely.
0: Yes, and I'm sure with that comes the other challenge, right? Which is maintaining adequate inventory, right? of those products. And so, but, but so do you guys really face that as a problem, the, the inventory or because you're getting whatever you're getting, once you're out, you're out and you just keep going and you keep adjusting pricing. Oh you? no, it's
1: absolutely, it's, it's absolutely been a challenge, uh, Carlos. And it's something we've had to learn a lot about over the years. So a lot of uh, marketplace businesses are limited by supply and mm-hmm. thread up his net, thread up his has not is is really not been that way because it's a really convenient service, right? Because like we do all the work. It's actually even more convenient than going to Goodwill because you don't even have to go to Goodwill. You just uh you know you put your clothes in a box, put it on a porch, press a button, and like we will send, you know, we'll send USPS to come pick up the box. So it's really easy. The part where there's been learning is getting the right the right supply in. And, and like that's where we've that's where we've really made a lot of progress over, let's say the past year. And a lot of that's, so the problem is not total volume of supply. It's like being selective. So like, who, whom do we want to send us? uh, Whom do we want to send in supply? So a lot of that is like creating the right incentives. And we sort of started adding like a fee structure. So in the early days, it was like a free for all that anybody could send in as much as they wanted. Um, You know, didn't have to pay for, didn't have to pay for a shipping label. Like, and now we're a little bit more choosy around, like who is sending us the things that we need that like, uh, the, uh, yeah, like types of items that, the, that, 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 that are on in demand right now. It's like, you can start mm-hmm. with, cause when people supply multiple times, you can get a sense of like, does, does the supply match demand? Like, or the, the people have a sense of style or are they sending things that are on, on, on a trend?
0: Yeah, because because I'm sure it's a trend and also the quality, right, of the product, making sure yes. that it's in good enough condition and everything, so that you can actually. And so for for all of our listeners out there, when I send my bag of clothing to you guys, uh, is it is it a donation basis or do do I get do you guys purchase the clothing from me at a certain price level or how does that it, it, it it, work? Uh, it, it is um you can send a donation, but that's less common.
1: It is mostly a it, it is mo- uh, it, it is mostly a consignment business model so when your oh, clothing sells we uh we pay out and and, the, and that payout scales along with the you, you could think of it as like price and with with demand right like clothing that is easier to come by we pay pay out less clothing that's higher in demand we pay out more okay which is okay. another you know another another aspect of trying to balance the uh via marketplace
0: of course of course and and what what strategies do you guys use in order to incentivize Right, the 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 people that are working as your suppliers, right? Because I'm sure when you get some really good quality products and they're in great condition and all those things, you guys probably flag those type of right of, of customers, right? Because they're in a way your customer, uh, in order to try to re engage them to say, Hey, do you have any other merchandise or any other clothing you don't want or you already used in order to have that? Uh is that an is that an effort that goes into place?
1: Yes. I mean, there are some considerations around like for which for which buyers do we want to like waive fees or for, I mean, there are different levels you can do this, right? Like you can market to suppliers, you can waive fees for suppliers, you can just send them an email and just ask them for more, more things, right? So like there are various levels at at which we can function
0: here. Okay. 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 Nice. 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 And, and so the other thing I wanted to ask you, right, as you guys are growing and, and developing the business and everything. Um, so have you had any instances, right? Do you guys ship your merchandise globally or is it all just within the U S uh, we,
1: we have done global shipping. So it's primarily us based business. Most of our, most of our orders go to the U S but we, 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 we have shipped globally before.
0: And you know, another question that comes to mind is if you could share an example of of maybe a challenging, right? Supply management situation or or a story, there's always stories, right? As we go through all these different projects and adventures as we're working, uh, that that you were able to, to, obviously you encountered and how you were able to resolve it. All right, so uh, early days of, the early days
1: of COVID, so we have a lot of metrics that we monitor. The early days of COVID, we saw the average listing price of inventory on up start to skyrocket. And at the same time, uh, inventory started selling slower than it had ever sold. And we were trying to figure out like, what is going on here? And, uh, and a certain group of sellers it realized that there was essentially like a loophole in our system where, um, one thing we allow suppliers to do is to change prices. Uh, you know, so like we normally set prices, but we give them the freedom to change prices. And there was also a mechanism to uh, ask for your clothing back if it doesn't sell. Because normally, if it's consignment, if it doesn't sell, ThredUp just keeps it, um, keeps the clothing, but there was an option to get the clothing back. Mm-hmm. So a group of suppliers realized that ThredUp could essentially be free storage for them, where they could send in items, mark the price way, way, way up and just get oh. the clothing back and send it right back to us to be relisted because they didn't care how long it took to sell because they realized that there was a way to game the system to use as free storage. And people were actually selling courses on social media, I think for like thousands of dollars that were like, how to game up on how to do this. Yeah, how to do this. So wow. it's, like, it's, pretty, it's pretty funny looking back, it was not funny. It was, not de- but it was definitely not funny at the time that it was happening. Yeah, of course, I can imagine. <laughs> right, so, um, right. And that's just one of those things that you learn the, that we just had to learn as we go. It's like, so like the incentives were not obvious there was this, this like interlocking set of things you could do to game, game up systems. So that was one of the first moments where we thought, okay, like, like up service, supply service is not for everybody. Mm -hmm. We have a certain set of people we're trying to serve. And like people who are trying to, the people who are doing this, we're trying to make as much money as they possibly could selling their clothing. And ThredUp's just the wrong place for that. Like we're super, super convenient. And like, that is our bread and butter for, for, for suppliers. And it's not people who want to absolutely maximize their, the the dollars they make. Like that might be eBay, it might be Poshmark, it might be somebody else. Like, that's okay. Like, being a great business is much about deciding what you don't do is what you do do. So that was one of the first moments where we thought this, these are the wrong suppliers for us. And we just want to be honest about that. Like, like this is what our service accomplishes and this was what it does not accomplish. So we changed some of our terms, and actually changed how we talk, talk to that group of people.
0: No, that's, that's phenomenal. And I was talking to a group of guys uh, the uh, the previous episode, right? And one of the things we were talking about is exactly what you just said is it's okay to say no. It's important it to know how to say no. Right. And yeah. to recognize Which customers are your type of customers? Your target audience, right? And which which suppliers are not, or which vendors, or whatever the case might be, because you cannot cater to everybody. And if you try to become a business that caters to everybody, you only put yourself in a position of failure. You know? Yeah. So if you try to cater, if you try to serve everybody, you serve nobody. Exactly. 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 No, that's a phenomenal story. Wow, that's that's. Uh, I bet that was very stressful and very challenging, but you guys came out on the other side stronger, and that's what it's yeah, all about, it right? It, yeah,
1: it, yeah. As you said, it was extremely stressful, but we absolutely came out better on the other side for it.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. And the last question I wanted to ask you, you know, is uh, if you had one piece of advice out there that to recommend to. All the people that listen to <laughs> us, you know, as, as they're growing into their careers, as they're developing, uh, what would be the one piece of advice that, that you've learned that you think has really made a difference in your path in, in succeeding and of course, getting above and above in levels within the organization?
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it's funny because uh, ThreadUp's 2023 crop of hum uh, interns are here and this is, this is their last week and a lot of, a lot of those interns have been asking me that same <laughs> the same question. They've been asking me that same question. like I'm starting out like, what do I do? with my career like how do i think about going from here and it seems like a lot of this a lot of the nervous energy is coming from getting started out on like the right the right path like how do i choose the right thing and the advice i've been giving them is careers careers are not linear like a job is not forever it's an opportunity to learn about what sort of work you like like what motivates you what people you want to work around like what mission can you get behind And like, I'm in like the fourth act of my career. Like I was doing like satellite command and control early. I was doing uh, management consulting for the, for the governments. like, I've got a huge breadth of my career. I've been all over the place. And like all those different experiences have massively benefited the next experience that I've done. So just, so my advice is like, don't be afraid to try something. And it's it's always a two way door, and you might find the perfect thing for you, and it might take a few tries, but it doesn't mean you start over. Like it's it's a pivot. It's it's not a, it's it's not starting over.
0: Yeah, I I couldn't agree more, and you're absolutely right, right? And, and for everybody out there listening, he's absolutely right. You know, like start anywhere, right? Anywhere the positive, the opportunity seems good, anywhere where you have a good potential of growing and mentorship, and like he said, right? You'll consistently pivot. I think I have not met one executive that shifted drastically right especially from the beginning of their careers as they went into higher levels within you know senior directors and so forth but all of those experiences only nourish your ability to be better at that new opportunity absolutely couldn't have said it better awesome well thank you so much ryan for spending some time with us thank you for sharing uh, everybody out there, you know, I, I have some clothing that now I want to send you guys, you know, <laughs> yeah, because, you know, you, you recycle it and you turn it and everything. And after a certain point, you want to buy new clothes and have a different wardrobe and all that. So take advantage of the opportunity, you know, take advantage of ThredUp, uh, utilize it and help yourself and help them and, and, you know, enjoy the cycle of fashion and retail, you know, it was a pleasure talking to you today. And thank you so much for talking to me.
1: It was a pleasure. Thank you, Carlos.
0: Likewise. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in to the Retail Corner podcast. We'll see you guys in our next episode. Stay tuned in. Thank you so much. If you would like to be featured on our podcast, please email us at podcast at retailcorner.live or visit our website, retailcorner.live. Looking forward to having you as our guest on our podcast. And thank you so much for listening.